Republicans probably hold the Senate and pick up seats in the House. The election carries on into Wednesday and apparently far beyond. And we analyze what everyone, yes, every single human got wrong. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Surf the web with peace of mind. Sign up now at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the chaos. And it is this is the most chaotic day in American political history, or at least that I can remember. Okay, this is more chaotic than 2000. It is just, it is, it is a bleep show. It is a bleep show out there. There are a bevy of states that are too close to call. We are the morning after the election. There's still a bevy of states that are too close to call. Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, all too close to call. Georgia might be in that list. We, we still don't know who the president is going to be. We don't know whether this is going to come down to voting irregularities and what the voter rules actually are in states like Pennsylvania or Michigan or Wisconsin. It is an absolute utter mess. Only one thing is perfectly clear. Everybody in the polling industry needs to learn to code. They need to learn to code. Except for Robert Cahaley over at Trafalgar, every single other human in the polling industry needs to immediately be put to work digging ditches so they can meet an actual human outside of New York and LA. The polling errors here were so bad. We're going to get to all of this in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that the market is not a big fan of uncertainty. The market does not love uncertainty. I can't think of a more uncertain time and unsettled time than this has been over the course of the last year. That's why it's worthwhile diversifying at least a little bit into precious metals. You should diversify a portion of your savings into gold or silver. Precious metals are perhaps the greatest hedge against uncertainty and the weakening value of the dollar. Birch Gold Group, it's the company I recommend to buy gold and silver from. I buy gold and you should as well. Birch Gold will help you legally convert an eligible IRA or 401k into a precious metals IRA, or you can just buy gold or silver to lock in your personal safe. Text Ben to 474747. Get a free information kit on diversifying into gold and then call Birch Gold. These guys are the best. That's why I've been endorsing them for years on end at this point. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Countless five-star reviews. Give them a call. Get all the information. Ask all of your questions. And then when you're ready to invest, do it with the people over at Birch Gold. Text Ben to 474747 to get started. Text Ben to 474747. Open a precious metals IRA. Secure your savings today. Again, text Ben to 474747 to get started. Okay, so... I'm just going to tell you right up front, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. We were up super late last night, 12 hours of broadcasting time last night, and this thing is far from done. It is not, it is not over, okay? This is not over by any stretch of the imagination. So here is the latest. The Trump team, Bill Stepien, Trump's campaign manager, he says that Wisconsin is a tight race and recount territory. It is indeed extremely close. Right now, the vote count in Wisconsin, say it's about 97% in, and uh, Joe Biden has a 0.6% lead in Wisconsin. He's up by about 20,000 votes in Wisconsin. And there are apparently still another 100,000 votes still left to be counted in Wisconsin as of this morning. So that, that is where things stand right now. Okay, then you move on over to Pennsylvania. Trump right now, Pennsylvania is taking its sweet damn time. For all the talk about Florida, by the way, being you know Florida man and crazy state, Florida worked beautifully. Florida reported its vote totals when we were done by early in the evening with Florida. We'll get to Florida in a second because it shows some real pathways forward for the Republican Party in the future and some real shortcomings for the Democratic Party that are quite delicious in a variety of ways. Pennsylvania, Trump right now is up about 10 points in Pennsylvania, which is about 534,000 votes. There's still 1.6 million votes out there to be totaled. Those are supposed to break heavily Democrats. So it's going to be extremely close in Pennsylvania. North Carolina, Trump is likely to win. Michigan is really, really close, like separated by 12,000 votes at this point. Biden up 0.2 points, 0.2. Still about half a million votes to be counted in Michigan. Trump looks like he is going to finish off Georgia. So there's a lot of doubt last night as to whether Trump was actually going to win Georgia. It started off as 
likely Trump, then it moved to lean Trump, then it moved to toss up. And now it's back to likely Trump at this point. Arizona is a state that is absolutely chaotic. Arizona was called very early on in the night by Fox News. They insisted that they were right. And now there's new information suggesting that maybe there are a bunch of Maybe there are a bunch of votes outstanding in Arizona. So this is just an absolute mess. It's an absolute mess. The Trump campaign, Nevada, is extremely tight. In fact, Nevada is only about 8,000 to 10,000 votes apart. And Nevada just decided they're not going to announce any new vote totals until tomorrow, which is just, this is all unconscionable. And guys, fix your election systems. Seriously. It doesn't mean that fraud is happening, but fix your damn election systems. So Stepien says, Michigan, they're confident in a pathway that includes the state. Nevada, they're claiming victory possible by 5,500 votes. And they're projecting optimism about Georgia and Pennsylvania as well. So recounts don't, as far as Wisconsin, recounts don't normally reverse 20,000 vote gaps. They don't. Usually it'll shift a couple hundred votes either way. In Florida, for example, George W. Bush and Al Gore, we had months of recounting and it only shifted a couple hundred votes in Al Gore's direction. So shifting tens of thousands of votes on the basis of a recount is fairly unlikely. Trump campaign advisors believe that Arizona might still be in reach for President Trump on the regular count because they're still counting election day voters. So Trump could theoretically win Nevada and Arizona, and that would put him over the top. If Trump takes Nevada and does not win Arizona, but wins Pennsylvania, then he could still be over the top. So this thing is not over yet. And this is putting aside the possibility of lawsuits. This is putting aside the possibility of irregularities being found, right? So in other words, everything is a mess. Everything is an absolute mess. There are only a few things that are absolutely clear at this point in time. One is that the polls are damned garbage. So I've been bringing you the polls consistently. Okay, I've been bringing you the polls because I don't like operating in the absence of data. My bias in, fa my bias in favor of data turns out to be a bias in favor of crap because the data here was crap. Okay, the data here was garbaggio. And it was really garbaggio on the national level. The final real clear politics polling average spread on this election had Joe Biden up seven points nationally. Seven points nationally. Right now, in the national vote count total, Joe Biden is up by less than two points nationally. Less than two. He's at just over 50, and Trump is at just over 48%. Okay, that is not seven points. It is certainly not 10 points. I mean, I'm just going to read you some of the polls that were being trotted out the day before the election. The Economist YouGov had Biden up 10 points, 10. IBDTIPP had Biden up four, and that was the most optimistic poll for Trump. Reuters had Biden up seven. CNBC had Biden up 10. Quinnipiac had Biden up 11. NBC News Wall Street Journal had Biden up 10. Okay, the gap is two. Two. When you blow it that badly on the national polling, no one should ever trust you again. All these jackasses need to learn to code, like right now. And yeah, incompetence bothers me. It really, really does. Okay, how about the battleground states? So the battleground states were fairly wildly off as well. In the battleground states, in the real clear politics polling average, which was more favorable to Trump than, for example, the 538 polling average. In the Real Clear Politics polling average, they had Trump down in Florida by 0.9. Trump will end up winning that state by 3%. So not particularly close in Florida. Once again, they blew it in Florida. In North Carolina, the Real Clear Politics polling average had Trump up by 0.2. Right now, North Carolina, with 95% reporting, has Trump up by about two points, 1.5, two points. The Real Clear Politics polling average in Arizona, had Biden winning that state slim? It looks like that may hold up. In Wisconsin, here's a massive polling error in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, the real clear politics polling average had Biden up nearly seven points in Wisconsin. Nearly seven in Wisconsin. Right now, Biden is up by less than a point 
in Wisconsin. He's up by about 20,000 votes total in Wisconsin. That is a six-point polling error. In Florida, you are looking at a five-point polling error. In the national numbers, you are looking at a minimum five-point polling error. In many of these polls, an eight- or nine-point polling error. Polling is chicken and trail reading. These people don't know what the hell they are doing. They don't know how to poll for Trump's coalition. They don't know how to poll people who are not college-educated white people. They don't know how to poll people who are not picking up the phone. All of your questions about polls were totally justified. Now, to be fair to myself, I did say I am skeptical that it is as far apart as the polls were suggesting. And I did say yesterday that Trump could easily win this thing without the polls being totally wrong on the state level. And that's true. All of these margin of error states, many of them remained margin of error. Okay, but something is deeply wrong in the polling industry. Something is deeply wrong in our media industry. They were suggesting that Joe Biden could hide in his basement and run away with this thing. This is not a runaway under any circumstances. Not only is it not a runaway, these aren't even the worst polling errors. The worst polling errors are not on the heavily polled Trump-Biden race. The worst polling errors were all of the polling errors in the Senate. There, they just blew it. And I will pat myself on the back for my prediction on the Senate. I did say I thought that Republicans would likely hold the Senate. So, a mess for pollsters today. An absolute mess. And a big night for Republicans, by the way. If you are a Republican, regardless of how this turns out with Trump, because that's still up in the air and he could still win this thing, depending on how those late votes are counted, depending on whether there are lawsuits, right? This is still very much up in the air. Regardless of that, if you are a Republican or a conservative, you should feel very good moving forward. This was supposed to be a year like 2018 where Democrats walked away with this thing, where it was a blue tidal wave washing away all in its path, where Joe Biden was going to win by 10 points nationally. He was going to carry 350 electoral votes, where Democrats were going to walk away with the Senate, where they were going to then nuke the filibuster and then use it to cram through states and cram through court packing. None of that's going to happen now. Senator Mitch McConnell is going to be in charge of the Senate majority in all likelihood at this point, which is a devastating blow to the Democrats. And old, slow Joe Biden winning what may be the narrowest electoral college victory in American history. Right? If, if, if it turns out that Trump wins Georgia and he wins Pennsylvania and Biden wins all of the others, the election gap is something like 270 to 268. OK, that is as close as, as it is possible to get. OK, that is not a massive mandate for huge world-beating change. And Joe Biden is old and doddering, and Joe Biden can't hold a thought in his head, and he's going to face a fractious coalition. So if you're a conservative, regardless of what happens going forward, if you just stop time at this moment before we even know what happens in the presidential race, last night was a very, very good night for Republicans and demonstrates full scale that our media are garbage and need to be replaced forthwith. Like, need to be fully replaced forthwith. We'll get to more of that in just one second. First, you've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN. Now that a lot of you are working from home, it's even more important to choose a VPN you trust. Now, I like to do research on my sponsors. I only recommend brands to my listeners I believe in and use myself, as generally speaking. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why. Number one, ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN develops a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. Number two, speed. I've tried a lot of VPNs in the past. Many slow your connection down or make your device sluggish. I've been using ExpressVPN for a long time, and my internet speeds are blazing fast, which is necessary. I run an internet company. Something else that really sets ExpressVPN apart. It's easy to use. Unlike other VPNs, you don't have to input or program anything. You just fire up that app, you click one button, and you now connect. It is so easy, even your grandparents can use it. So go protect yourself right now with the VPN I use and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash Ben today. Get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben. Once more, expressvpn.com slash Ben to make sure that your internet activity is protected. ExpressVPN.com slash Ben. Use that slash Ben. Get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Okay, so how badly were the were the pollsters off on the Senate? They were even worse than they were with regard to the 
to the Republican and Democratic presidential contest. On the Senate, we were assured that Cal Cunningham was going to win in North Carolina. He did not. We were told that South Carolina was a toss-up. We were told that South Carolina was a toss-up. Not only was it not a toss-up, Lindsey Graham blew out, blew out his opponent in that race by leaps and bounds, like 13 points blowout, huge, huge blowout. Okay, we were told that Amy McGrath versus Senator Mitch McConnell, that that was a somewhat competitive race, not even close, not even remotely close. Mitch McConnell blew them out, blew them out. The fact is Democrats spent $200 million trying to oust Tom Tillis in North Carolina, I'm sorry, not even Tillis. They, they spent $200 million trying to oust Lindsey Graham in South Carolina and Mitch McConnell in Kentucky. And they got blown the F out in both of those races. And the pollsters were telling us that both were competitive, particularly that South Carolina race. Okay, Republicans pulled out the victory in Iowa. That was supposed to be a Democratic victory for most of the race. Republicans pulled out the victory in Montana. Republicans pulled out the victory in North Carolina. That was supposed to be a Democratic win. Republicans are going to win both of the seats in Georgia. Okay, Republicans are going to lose that seat in all likelihood, Martha McSally in Arizona. They're going to lose Cory Gardner in Colorado. If that's what you got for your Lincoln Project grift money gang, well, good luck to you. The AP reports, hopes fading for Senate control. Democrats had a disappointing election night as Republicans swatted down an onslaught of challengers and fought to retain their fragile majority. It was a jarring outcome for Democrats, words that you love to hear, who had devised an expanded political map eager to provide a backstop against President Trump and his party's grip on the Senate. The race has attracted an unprecedented outpouring of small dollar donations from Americans apparently voting with their pocketbooks to propel long shot challenges. However, they lost a seat in Alabama and then Republicans held their own in one race after another South Carolina, Iowa, Texas, Kansas and Montana. Lindsey Graham tweeted out, you wasted a lot of money. He said this is the worst return on investment in the history of American politics because he defeated Jamie Harrison by double digits after they dumped one hundred million dollars into that campaign. It looks very much as though. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell stays the Senate Majority Leader. John Cornyn in Texas retains his seat. Joni Ernst defeats Teresa Greenfield. That was seen as a toss-up. It looks like in Maine, Susan Collins is going to retain her seat. In fact, Susan Collins was, was dancing over the course of the evening because Republicans held her seat. Here was Susan Collins getting jiggy with it last night in Maine. I mean... I'm not a huge Susan Collins fan, but I will say that Susan Collins holding that seat is a massive, massive thing. There's a big difference between a 50-50 Senate in which Kamala Harris casts the, the deciding vote if indeed Biden pulls out the election and a Republican majority in the Senate. So this is, this is all good news for Republicans. Very, very good news for Republicans. And Republicans, based on the supposed data, had no right to expect any of that good news to materialize. Not just that. Progressive candidates got skunked throughout the country. So in heavy blue districts, they won, right? AOC won re-election. That is not a shock. The Honorable Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat of Twitch, of course she was going to win re-election. She's in a D plus one million district. But there are a bunch of progressive House candidates who are badly lagging in closely contested races, according to Josh Krauschauer over at National Journal. He cites four separate races in which members of the Justice Democrats, or at least adjunct members, lost their races last night. It turns out Americans are just not all that interested in that kind of garbage outside of Brooklyn. So Republicans are going to pick up somewhere in all likelihood between five and 10 House seats. Republicans are going to retain the Senate, which brings us back to the presidential race itself. So the pollsters got this thing wildly wrong. Why did they get it wildly wrong? Because they literally don't understand Trump's coalition because nobody really understands Trump's coalition. So I'm going to give you some exit poll numbers. These are astonishing, truly astonishing because they do not fit the Democratic narrative at all. 
one iota. If one narrative should have died a gruesome death last night, it was the narrative of the woke. It was the narrative of the woke scolds that simply shouting racist at everybody means that you're going to be able to create a really durable minority coalition to defeat the supposed racist white silent majority. Right? That narrative bit the dust last night and it bit it incredibly hard. The media bit the dust last night. They spent four years declaring that Donald Trump is an abject racist, that he's a bigot, that anybody who votes for him is a racist and a bigot. And Americans not only showed up en masse to vote for, for President Trump, I mean, in huge, huge numbers. It was a record turnout year. This is the biggest turnout year in American politics since 1900. Okay, normally you would think, right, because of that conventional wisdom mythos, that big turnout helps Democrats. It did not last night. It was a huge turnout year. And guess what? Even if Joe Biden wins, it's going to be by the thinnest of hairs. By the thinnest of hairs on that balding pate, he is going to win the election if he wins at all. Okay, that is where things currently stand. And what's amazing is the coalition that Trump put together here. Okay, Trump's coalition is the future of the Republican Party. Trump's coalition is fascinating. It's fascinating because what we are watching is a rebuke to the woke mentality that demography is destiny, that, dem that demographics are destiny, that all you have to do is call Republicans racist and you can cobble together a huge supermajority of Hispanics and blacks and Asians. And then you can just replicate the Obama coalition. Once again, the Obama coalition only works for Barack Obama because Barack Obama was a unique candidate. He was the outlier. Barack Obama is not the new Democratic Party. Barack Obama is not the future pathway for the Democratic Party. Barack Obama was a unique candidate at a unique time. The reality, I mean, the, it, these exit poll numbers are going to blow your mind. While Democrats continue to maintain that it's just that half of Americans are racist, that's why Trump did so well last night, regardless of final outcome. While they maintain that, the reality is far different. If Trump loses, it's, going, it's going to be because he lost a share of white men. Not kidding. Not kidding. These exit poll numbers are a ringing rebuke to everybody in the media who thought that they had any fix on this election because after 2016, they said, oh, well, you know, maybe we'll go out into the sticks and we'll talk to some of these Trump supporters. And it was though they were Steve Irwin exploring the wilds. And it turns out they didn't understand Trump supporters. They didn't understand nearly anything about how politics works in the country. They intellectualized their way into believing that if they went with the intersectional coalition, it was going to carry them to victory. And it absolutely did not. It was a horrible night for intersectionality last night. It was a horrible night for the woke, which is a great night for the country. We're going to get to more of that in just one second. First, let us talk about a good night's rest. So needless to say, I did not get much rest last night. There are two reasons for that. One, there was an election last night, and that was really damn stressful. And it is still very, very stressful, too. I wasn't in my bed. I wasn't in my Helix Sleep bed. bed. I, I need my Helix Sleep mattress because it was made for me. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Whether you're a side sleeper or a hot sleeper, whether you like a plush or a firm bed, with Helix, there's no more confusion and no more compromising. Helix Sleep is rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. CNN called it the most comfortable mattress they've ever slept on. Just head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They even have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you're going to because they made it just for you. It is that comfortable. My wife and I have one. It is like sleeping on a cloud. It's great. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders for our listeners right now. Get up to 200 bucks off at helixsleep.com slash Ben again. That is helixsleep.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Helixsleep.com slash Ben. All righty. So here are some of the numbers from the exit polls. And again, these are absolutely stunning. I mean, these are astonishing numbers from the exit polls. So Trump won men. This is the New York Times exit polling. Trump won men 49-48. He lost women by 13. Okay, that was perfectly predictable. That was the only predictable part of the night. He won 57% of the white vote versus 42% for Joe Biden. 
among black Americans. There was some early data that suggested that he may have won in places like Florida up to 14 or 15% of the black vote. Even by the New York Times estimate, he won 12% of the black vote. Okay, last time around, he won, I believe, 7% of the black vote. So he radically improved his showing among black Americans. He radically improved his showing among Hispanic Americans. He won 32% of the Hispanic vote. He won 31% of the Asian vote. Okay, these are, these are not numbers that the media were even close to expecting, right? He improved his share with black men, black women. He improved his share with elderly Americans. I'm sorry, he, he didn't improve his share with elderly Americans, but he held them. He improved his share with virtually every demographic subgroup in the United States with the exception of white men. I'm not joking. That is a thing that happened last night. Okay, and maybe what that says is that Americans want to be campaigned to as individuals. See, here's the thing about Trump. He cuts through this group identity crap because everybody has an individual opinion of Donald Trump. Nobody has a, the, the image of Donald Trump that is written on the wall by the media about Trump. I've been very critical of Trump's use of Twitter. I'm very critical of some of the things that I think Trump has said that are wrong. But it is absolutely true that he has a unique connection with American voters because he is so prominent, because everybody knew who Donald Trump was before he ran. It made it very difficult for the media ever to box him in or paint him as exactly what they wanted him to be. And this is reflected in a lot of these exit polling results. I mean, these you, people should feel astonished by this. They should feel shocked by this. And they should feel really optimistic about all of this. Because what this means is that the demographic stranglehold that we were told Democrats have on Hispanic voters does not exist. The democratic stranglehold that supposedly had on black voters, that has been wildly overrated. These exit polls are evidence that Republicans can, in fact, make head, that they can make ground with particular demographic groups that supposedly they had forgotten about. I mean, this is, this is amazing, amazing stuff. And it came from Donald Trump, right? The guy who they were calling a wild racist for years on end. There are a lot of folks on the right. Mary Catherine Hamm had a good tweet last night. She said, I always thought Republicans could put together a multiracial coalition. I just didn't think Trump would be the one to do it. But in many ways, he was the one to do it specifically because he is Donald Trump and because people have very specific opinions on him as a human being. And he cannot simply be mocked up as generic Republican racist by Democrats. Okay, here is so Matt Bruning uh, of a People Policy Project. He, he got a hold of some Edison exit polling. Here's what it showed. It showed that Trump's share of support among white men dipped 5%. Among white women, it increased by 2%. Among black men, it increased by 4%. Among black women, it increased by 4%. According to the exit polling from Edison, Trump won 17% of black men. 17% of black men. If you had told me before the election that Trump won 17% of black men and 35% of Latino men, you'd think, okay, this guy wins a clear re-elect victory. He just lost a little bit in the white male category, and that's a very, very large category in the United States. So he made headway with Latino men, with Latino women, with black men, with black women, with other, so that would include Asian Americans, and 36% of the vote with the other group in the United States. And that, that is an amazing, amazing, and that, that bodes so well for the future of the country. Honestly, that's the thing that makes me most optimistic from last night. Because what that says is that the intersectional bullcrap that we have all been fed, that we ought to think of each other in terms of group identity, it is a lie. It is a lie. And you can fight back against that lie. And Donald Trump deserves full credit for fighting back against that lie, for not caving to the lie that he is a racist, for not caving to the idea that he has to be defined by the media, for not accepting the premise of all of their questions that America is a racist and terrible place, that you can win minority voters while saying that America is a wonderful place that is not a Black Lives Matter hellscape. 
That is an amazing, amazing thing. And it bodes really well for the future of the Republican Party. I want to point out specifically in just one second what happened last night in Florida. Because Florida is the future of the Republican Party. My new home state. Wonderful, wonderful state. And we'll talk about that in just one second. First, let us talk about getting in shape. So over the course of this uh, pandemic, a lot of people gain some weight because you're home a lot and that meant some stress eating and all the rest. Well, one thing you have to change if you actually want to change weight is your habits. It really isn't so much about diets because people go on diets and then they go off diets. It really is about changing how you think about health, how you think about exercise, how you think about what kind of food you put in your body. And this is where Noom comes in. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. Noom isn't a diet. It's a healthy, easy-to-stick-to way of life. Noom has one of the biggest, most accurate food databases available. It lets you track meal habits, visualize portion sizes, and see calorie density at a glance. We're all strapped for time. Noom asks you to commit 10 minutes a day for yourself. You're human. If you go off track, there's no shaming. Just tips to help you get back on track tomorrow. What you need is to change your habits. Change your habits. You'll change your health. That's what Noom is for. I've been using Noom myself. That's why I'm in svelte shape at this point. Go check them out right now for your free trial at Noom.com slash Shapiro. Sign up for that trial today. Noom.com slash Shapiro. N-O-O-M.com slash Shapiro to start that trial today. Go check them out right now. N-O-O-M.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so Florida is, it was a source of early excitement for Republicans last night as well. It should have been. Trump cultivated the Latino vote in Florida and it paid off, reported NBC News last night. Around 55% of Florida's Cuban-American vote went to Trump, according to NBC News exit polls. 30% of Puerto Ricans, 48% of other Latinos backed Trump. Trump won the state going away. He drastically improved his support in Miami-Dade County. He went from 334,000 votes in 2016 to at least 529,000 votes in Miami-Dade County. Biden did not grow Democratic support in the county. In other words, Trump went places that people had not gone. He went to Democratic counties and he stumped for votes and he got those votes. And all credit to my security guy in Florida, who happens to be of Latino extraction. He said, you're going to be shocked by the amount of turnout that you see for Donald Trump. And he was absolutely right. It's one of the reasons why I've been saying for a couple of weeks now that I think Trump is going to win Florida. Trump's popularity meant that other House Democrats fell. Representative Debbie McCastle Powell is the first South American, member, South American born member of Congress. She was trailing Carlos Jimenez, the Miami-Dade mayor, in her congressional race. And Representative Donna Shalala is out trailing TV host and commentator Maria Elvira Salazar. Okay, this is largely because Democrats have embraced the mantle of socialism. And it turns out when you embrace the mantle of socialism and you are attempting to gain ground with crowds who have come from socialist countries, you know who doesn't like socialism? Everybody who's ever lived in a socialist country. You know who loves socialism? A bunch of white people who don't live in socialist countries. That's the message of what happened in Florida. Trump outperformed with Latinos in Florida by a huge, huge margin. Meanwhile, Apparently, Donald Trump also outperformed with Jews in Florida. He won about 41% of the Jews in Florida, which makes a lot of sense. He's the most pro-Israel president in American history, bar none. Okay, that is a, uh, that's an amazing showing, right? And, and that is largely because the Jewish population in Florida is either old enough that they are sort of traditional Jewishly and still care about the state of Israel, or they are Orthodox, right? a very big Orthodox community in South Florida, which is one of the reasons why I now live in South Florida. Okay, so Florida is a good indicator for where the Republican Party is moving going forward. And there's a lot of talk last night about building a working class party. It's not just a working class party with multi-ethnic appeal. Here's the thing. By making inroads with Latinos, I mean, there were stats from Texas last night that are absolutely astonishing. 
Okay, the, the most Latino district in the United States, 96% Latino in Texas. It only went for Biden 52 to 47. 52 to 47. Those are heavy inroads into a new demographic that Republicans have been told you could only win if you catered to them on illegal immigration and amnesty. And it turns out that's not true because the vast majority, every single Latino who is voting in the United States right now is legally in the United States because you have to be in order to vote. So it turns out all you have to do is go and talk to people. And Trump does talk to people. He talks to them directly. That is a major victory for Trump and it's a lesson for any Republican going forward. That is a very, very positive time for the Republican Party going forward. And here's the thing. If Trump was disproportionately bad with white college-educated folks that Mitt Romney won in 2012. Imagine if you could capture the share that Mitt Romney won of white suburban women in 2012 and combine that with the share that Donald Trump is winning of black and Latino voters in 2020. That is a majority party, and that is a clear majority party. That's an amazing, amazing thing. So good on Donald Trump, and good on the American people for spitting in the eye of the woke. Now, naturally, this, uh, this, was this a lesson for the media? who really believe that they got to declare the outcome of the election three weeks in advance, four weeks in advance. Right? The media who declared for years that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president, that people hated him so much, he would, there was no way, no way he would even be competitive in this election. Republicans were going to get absolutely hammered, swamped. It was going to be a hurricane that blew them away. Were the media repentant last night? Of course the media weren't repentant last night. Are you kidding? The media weren't repentant, not for one iota of a second. The Daily Show's reaction to Trump winning Florida is they put out a meme of the Death Star blowing up Florida. Here's what that sounded like. Okay, you see the Death Star blowing up the state of Florida. They said, can we do this? Blow up Florida. Now, I just put that out there. When Ted Cruz suggested that there's a difference between New York values and Texas values, he was accused of anti-Semitism by the left. He was accused of being a bigot by the left. The Daily Show just puts out there that we should nuke Florida, basically, because you don't like Florida. And that's supposed to be funny. That's supposed to be good, funny stuff. Yeah, keep, keep it going, guys. More of this, more of this. Because here's the really deep down and dirty truth about Trump and his level of support. Because people like me, I didn't vote for him in 2016. I voted for him in Florida in 2020. And I'll tell you why. The reason I voted for Donald Trump, maybe above all others, is because what Donald Trump, he said many things that I think are not true. He said one thing that is the most true thing that he's ever said, which is they don't hate you because they hate Donald Trump. They hate Donald Trump because they hate you. Okay, they, they hate you. If you voted for Donald Trump, they hate you. If you think that the woke left is bad, they hate you. They're willing to destroy you. They're willing to destroy your life. They're willing to use cancel culture to come after your job. They're willing to ostracize you from every social situation and declare you an unmentionable. That is what they think of you. They think that if you voted for Donald Trump, you deserve to be nuked. That's the way it is. Okay, and it's because of that that so many people are saying, you know what, I'm not gonna listen to you. I'm not having that conversation with you because you're not reasonable. You're not rational. And so the media, is there going to be a reckoning in the media? I, I highly doubt it. I don't think there's going to be a reckoning in the media, not for one second. They've already decided which direction they're going to move. They're not going to abandon their anti-racist, Embermax, Kendi, Robin, D'Angelo grift. They're not going to give that up anytime soon. They're going to keep pushing on that. They're going to keep portraying everyone who disagrees with them as racist because they have only one mode. They're pop star, never stop, never stopping. They're never going to stop with this sort of thing. So whether Donald Trump wins or loses, they've painted themselves in a corner. Because guess what? The reason the Democrats did so badly last night is due to two factors. One, Donald Trump has a unique connection with folks. And two, one of the reasons that Donald Trump has a unique connection with folks is because the left is egregious and horrifying. Because the woke left is egregious and horrifying and terrible in every way. And they demonstrated it full scale with a lot of their reactions to what was going on last night, particularly on a racial level. We'll get to that in just one second. First, 
Let's talk about how male pattern baldness, if it runs in your family, you need to protect your hair. You really do. So male pattern baldness, unfortunately, runs on both sides of my family. And that is why I have been using Keeps. As dudes, much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair from how it feels after getting a fresh cut to the way it's styled before going out. That's why when we get into our 20s and 30s, you start noticing the first signs of hair loss. You need to get active. You need to sign up with Keeps because two out of three dudes will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have the hair left. Get treated from home. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered directly to your home. They make it easy. They deliver your medication every three months. So you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You might have tried them before. Probably never for this price. Keeps treatments typically take between four to six months to see results. So you need to act fast. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, and more than 100,000 men trust Keeps, including me, for their hair loss prevention medication. Their treatment starts at just 10 bucks a month. If you're ready to take action and prevent that hair loss, head on over to Keeps.com slash Ben to receive your first month of treatment for free. That is K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Ben. That is Keeps.com slash Ben. All right, we're going to get to much, much more in just one second. First, I mean, what an unbelievably tight race. Maybe the tightest race in American history by the Electoral College. We, we've kept you in the loop every step of the way with all of yesterday's coverage. We'll keep you covered all the way till the end. It's still too soon to tell who exactly is going to be the president. Will Trump win re-election or will Biden slide on in there? Join Daily Wire right now. Get 25% off with code election right now. You can keep up with us on all the unfolding twists and turns. We're going to be here with you pretty much all day today. Not only that, we have huge plans for the next four years, regardless of who the president turns out to be. I'm happy to announce, as we did last night, that Candace Owens, New York Times bestselling author, founder of the Blexit Foundation, single-handedly, in many ways, responsible for a shift in the black vote toward Republicans, will be launching a brand new show with us early next year in Nashville. She's moving with us to Nashville. She's also going to be writing content for us over at dailywire.com. We're also going to be launching an entertainment channel with, like, real entertainment, conservative-oriented entertainment. We're not ignoring you the way that Netflix and Amazon do. A new investigative journalism team. We're hiring up journalists to do the work. The mainstream media will not. They're too busy trying to prevent the Hunter Biden story from getting out. We're going to build like-minded partnerships with people like PragerU. Their entire show library will now be available to dailywire.com members by the end of the year. Again, that's 25% off your Daily Wire membership with code election when you sign up today. Because we are building we are building the replacement media. If there's one thing 2020 has taught us, it's that anything can happen, including that we can actually make a difference. What you are doing is making, what we're doing is making a difference and we have big plans. We're gonna change the institutional structure of the country when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to culture. We are, we're gonna get into all of those things next year. We want you to join us. Please go over and subscribe at Daily Wire, 25% off with code election when you sign up today. Also, while you're at it, you may have noticed that these battles for the future of the country are very much pitched. I mean, these are, these are very contested battles. If you want your kids to know about why America is great, if you want to know why there are people attacking the greatness of America, pick up a copy of my book, How to Destroy America, in three easy steps. It is worth the read. It is more relevant today than it even was yesterday because this battle is not going to end. America is on a knife's edge. It's going to remain on a knife's edge so long as Americans don't understand the roots of their own values. It's time for them to be reacquainted. Go pick up a copy of my book, How to Destroy America, in three easy steps right now. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Alrighty, so the amount of scorn that the media have, I don't think that ends. So there, there was a lot of talk after 2016 about how we're going to go out, we're going to investigate the Trump voter. And then within five minutes, they were like, you know what? It's easier just to call Trump a racist. It's easier just to follow what he does on Twitter and call him a racist. And you know what? That had no impact. None. It's it, like, not only none, less than none. Because Trump did pick up votes. He did. 
he's going to win a broader share of the electorate this time around than he did last time around. And whether or not he ends up winning the election. And if you think that Democrats are simply going to abandon their woke priorities, you have another think coming. Okay, they, they, they are not. I, I just have no faith that they are going to give up on the wokeness culture that they have promulgated here. Nicole Hannah-Jones tweeted last night in the aftermath of Florida, which again, Florida was a devastating rebuttal to the entire intersectional philosophy. Latinos voting in outsized numbers for Donald Trump, 55% of Cubans voting for Trump. A huge percentage of Latinos generally across the country voting for Trump. He picked up Hispanic women. He picked up Hispanic men. He picked up black men. He picked up black women. All of those numbers were up. So naturally, Nicole Hannah-Jones, the in-house racist at the New York Times, tweeted out, one day after this election is over, I'm going to write a piece about how Latino is a contrived ethnic category that artificially lumps white Cubans with black Puerto Ricans and indigenous Guatemalans and helps explain why Latinos support Trump at the second highest rate. Ah, so you see, you're not truly Latino unless you vote for Democrats. According to Nicole Hannah-Jones, just as you're not truly black if you, if you don't vote for Democrats, according to Nicole Hannah-Jones. The racism is not going to stop. They cannot give up on this narrative because they believe it is still their pathway to power. They don't want to make the arguments on behalf of their own policies. Their policies are not popular. So they are going to continue to rely on this character assassination of everybody who disagrees. So now, according to Nicole Hannah-Jones, Cubans are white. Did you know that? Cubans are white now. Why? Because they voted Republican. And presumably, as an increasing share of Venezuelans vote Republican, they too will become white. And the only people who will not be white are the people who vote how Nicole Hannah-Jones wants them to vote. Because in Nicole Hannah-Jones' world, the way that she uses white as a stand-in for evil. And therefore, if you are a Cuban and you voted for Trump, you are evil, thus you are white. This is pure, unbridled racism. That's the lady who founded the 1619 Project and is the de facto editor of the New York Times. She wasn't the only person to say nonsense like this. And there was a person last night named Andrea Pino Silva, who is a movement scholar, author, and queer Cubana. She tweeted out, the Cuban vote is not the Latino vote. Cubans have been sold a narrative that they have a guaranteed path to whiteness and many will sell out every other minority to get it. Trump's appeal is the appeal of white supremacy. Doesn't matter he won an increased share of black voters. Doesn't matter he won an increased share of Latino voters. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is that if you voted for Trump, it is because you are a, uh, it is because you are a vicious, brutal racist. Al Sharpton, another vicious racist who has a slot over on MSNBC, he said this last night. He said the Cuban voters are just stupid. That's what happened. Cuban voters bought the socialist propaganda that, that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were socialist. Okay, well, it turns out that they bought into it because Democrats have embraced that label. Bernie Sanders calls himself a socialist. Democrats call themselves progressives, which in many South and Latin American countries is a synonym for socialist. That, that is their fault. But here's Al Sharpton pretending that Cubans are just stupid. That's why they're voting for Trump. We don't have the same dynamics that we have in Florida, where you have, like in Miami-Dade, I think it was Joy pointing out, a large uh, Cuban influence uh, in terms of Cuban voters who look more uh, uh, to the propaganda that we're dealing with socialism and all that offset a large black turnout. Okay, so again, it's all about, it's all about the supposed whiteness problem. Arne Duncan the former education secretary under Barack Obama, he tweeted out last night, we should stop talking about red and blue. We should start talking about whiteness. They're not going to let go of this. Not in any way, shape, or form. So if you think your media are going to suddenly learn a lesson, wrong you are. The same media who have been lying to you. And honestly, I don't know how to read the polls being this wrong nationally, except that these people either are in such a deep bubble that they have internalized their own inability to pull Trump voters and then pretended that they live in a universe of their own making, or this was a lot of push polling. 
right? There's a lot of polling that was designed to disintegrate Trump support, particularly in battleground states by saying that states like Wisconsin and Michigan were out of reach. Okay, but the media are not going to shift their story. The media have a narrative. The media have an agenda. And we need to replace them. The media were worth a minimum of five to 10 points for Joe Biden in this election. If we're not for the media, that is a minimum. If, the, if it were not for the media, if the media had covered Donald Trump honestly, if the media had covered politics honestly, if the media weren't damned liars in pursuit of an agenda, Donald Trump would have won easily last night. Easily. Because even if Donald Trump loses, we're going to be talking about Donald Trump losing by a combined total of probably under 100,000 votes in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Arizona. And Nevada. Right? This is it's an extraordinarily close election. The media sort of let the cat out of the... It, it's fun to watch the media rewrite the narrative in real time. So it was a bad night for the media last night. You could see they were downcast about all of this. Obviously, the most fun person to watch was Chank Iger over at the Young Turks. He just lost it, Chank Iger. Um, now, to be fair, Chank is a, an opinion host. He is not an objective journalist. We'll get to our objective journalisming friends. We're journalisming all over the place. The journalism was hot and sticky last night all over CNN and MSNBC. But uh, we would be remiss if we did not play Chank losing his mind last night. Forget him being a racist, forget him being a fascist. The guy's IQ is lower than 70. He's an idiot. He's a total moron. And you couldn't figure out how to crush him in an election? Man, the corporate Democrats and the mainstream media suck at this. They absolutely positively suck and they brainwash smart people into compliance. Okay, so um, he's right about the mainstream media brainwashing people into compliance. He's just hilariously wrong about the idea that if the Democrats attacked way to the left, they would have done better in this election. Okay, they, they, the only reason that they were even competitive in this election is they ran a dead man who was a vessel for all anti-Trump sentiment in the country. Imagine how bad this would have been. If Bernie Sanders had won, Trump wins going away, right? I mean, given these results, if Bernie Sanders had been on the ballot, this thing is over early in the night for Trump. Okay, but let's go to the objective media. So watch as the narrative shifted last night uh, in the objective media. So Jake Tapper on CNN said, a Biden blowout was always a pipe dream. Was it though? Because I'm old enough to remember, because I'm more than one day old, when the entire media was declaring that there was a 90% shot that Biden was going to win because he was going to blow out Trump, right? That the national polling was showing that he was up seven to 10 points. So here is Jake Tapper now rewriting the story so that uh, Biden blowout was, uh, was apparently always a pipe dream. The Biden people, we should say, have not conceded any Florida no. or Georgia or North Carolina, and they feel very good. Uh, they, they still feel good about North Carolina. They still feel very, um, very positive about Arizona and the blue wall. But it's just not going to be, as some Democrats were hoping for, uh, that they thought it was going to be an, earl an early landslide, no. which was really always a pipe dream. Okay, well, why, why was that a pipe dream? I mean, seriously, we were told that that was actually not a pipe dream. That was a heavy possibility by many members of the media. Not Jake specifically, I assume, but many, many members of the media were saying that it, it was a foregone conclusion that Biden was going to blow out Trump. Right? Trump was going to lose North Carolina. He was going to lose Florida. He was going to lose them early, and the night was going to be over by 7 p.m. Pacific time. And Brian Williams let the cat out of the bag. He was like, yeah, the numbers so far have been frustrating for our viewers. Yeah, you're damn right they're frustrating for your viewers because they're a bunch of liberal partisans. We are coming up onto the top of the hour. We are at the point where there's not many poll closings left, but uh, there are a few, particularly as we get to the West Coast, and there are a number of states left to call. And boy, does, um, does some of the numbers start to add up as we get late in the night. However frustrating this night is, for many, many of our viewers. Okay, yep, it is very frustrating for many of the of the MSNBC viewers because it did not go how they wanted. Van Jones was extremely upset last night at the results. He lost it. He says, this just hurts. It just hurts. 
there's a moral victory and there's a political victory. And they're, not the same, they're not the same thing. The political victory still may come. But I think for people who saw babies being snatched away from their mothers at the border, uh, for people who are sending their kids into schools where the N-word is now being used against them, uh, for people who have seen this wave of intolerance, uh, they wanted a moral victory tonight. Uh, we wanted to see a repudiation of this direction for the country. And the fact that it's this close, I think, uh, is hurt, is, it hurts. It just hurts. Okay, and, and it does hurt members of the media because they had a narrative and the media completely impl- it, it imploded on them. It, it, in the middle of the night, I will say, it was, it was kind of wonderful to watch George Stephanopoulos enter into an arena of panic. So George Stephanopoulos last night, I began to lose it in the middle of the night. It was kind of funny. It may be a little early to start to play on narratives, but Ron Emanuel, let's try to do a little bit. This is looking a little bit right now like a replay of 2016. Well, I'm not sure. The problem we have is you have so much early voting and every state is different of when they count that. And so we're looking at counties and you can extrapolate. I mean, you look at how close Ohio is. It's basically six percent right now, better than it was in 2016. But you look at I think it's still going to come down to Pennsylvania. Okay, and you could see the panic in Democrats' eyes all throughout the evening. Are they going to shift because of this? Because they got this so wrong? There are a lot of tweets this morning from a lot of folks on the center-left about how they need to rethink how they've framed American politics. You think they will? I, I really, really think not. I really, really think not. I, I don't think that that's going to happen. Okay, so where do things currently stand? So the current update is that Wisconsin has told NBC News that they are done counting and that Biden has won Wisconsin. Nevada is not done yet. Nevada has Biden up by about 8,000, 10,000 votes, but they're not resuming until tomorrow. Arizona was called for Biden last night, but Republicans keep insisting that Arizona is still open. I've talked to Trump campaign operatives who say that the final count in Arizona is going to be a lot closer than what they're talking about right now, at the very least. Apparently, Biden is up in Michigan right now, but Trump is up in Pennsylvania as well as Georgia. So this thing is still very much up in the air. And that is putting aside any and all legal challenges that could be brought it's putting aside mandatory recounts in Wisconsin. If they're within margin of error, there's a mandatory recount. You know, all of this is still a mess. So could Trump still win it? Sure. Does he have an uphill path? At this point, he does have an uphill path, right? It would be nice if he had won Arizona. If he had won Arizona, then this election would basically be over at this point, right? If he won Arizona, uh, then he would win Pennsylvania, and then this sucker would be done. Okay, so last night, uh, Joe Biden came out, uh, and, uh, and he suggested that they were on track to win the election. Here was Joe Biden's statement. This is very, very late last night. We believe we're on track to win this election. We knew because of the unprecedented early vote and the mail-in vote, it was going to take a while. We're going to have to be patient until we, uh, the hard work of tallying the votes is finished. And it ain't over till every vote is counted. Every ballot is counted. Okay, so... There he was saying that he expects that they're going to win. Then President Trump came out last night uh, and he gave a statement. He did uh, a much more uh, a much more comprehensive statement on the on the vote. So first he tweeted out uh, that he that they were winning big. He said, we are up big, but they are trying to steal the election. We'll never let them do it. Votes cannot be cast after the polls are closed. Presumably there he is talking about Pennsylvania, right, that uh, he says we're up big and they're trying to steal the election. OK, at the time they were up big in the vote count. right? I mean, that's not false. Doesn't matter. Twitter tried to dispute the tweet and said that it was irresponsible and all the rest because this is Twitter's mandate. Twitter is now the the arbiter of all truth. Uh, What he's talking about there is the Pennsylvania state rules that do not make it clear whether or not you can count a vote that has been cast after Election Day, even if it has no postmark. 
right? That, that is what he's talking about there, presumably. Okay, so last night, Trump comes out and he says, he looks a little bit downcast because I think he, he wanted to walk away with the victory on the night of, obviously. He says, we're winning Pennsylvania. Most importantly, we're winning Pennsylvania by a tremendous amount of votes. We're up 690,000 votes in Pennsylvania, 690,000. These aren't even close. It's not like, oh, it's close. With 64% of the vote in, it's going to be almost impossible to catch. And we're coming into good Pennsylvania areas where they happen to like your president. Okay, so he said that, he said that about that, that analysis of Pennsylvania may very well end up being right. Trump may end up winning Pennsylvania. Then Trump says, that in his opinion, they've already won the election, uh, which, of course, is a, a step beyond what Biden said. So what Biden said was, I think we're on a path to win the election, which is an opinion. Trump says, we did win the election, uh, is, uh, is uh, an overstatement, right? And, and he shouldn't say it, right? As the president of the United States, you should wait for the votes to be counted and then declare victory. You shouldn't declare victory in an election where the votes have yet to be counted. So there, he says two things, as we will see. One of them is not good, and he shouldn't have said it. The other is being wildly misinterpreted by the media for political purposes. So here it was President Trump talking about how, in his opinion, the election's already been won by Trump. North Carolina, big victory with North Carolina. And so we won there. We lead by 76,000 votes with almost nothing left. And all of a sudden, everything just stopped. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. Okay, so that statement that we won the election and there's fraud happening all over the country. See, the responsible statement there is, we have lawyers on the ground in all of these states to ensure that fraud is not going to be the deciding factor in this election. We believe that we're on a pathway to victory. In fact, that's exactly what Mike Pence said one moment later. So that is something that, that President Trump should obviously not have said. Then President Trump said at one point, I want to find the direct quote because people were taking it out of context. So President Trump was talking about the vote and he, uh, and he, he said, so here's a statement from the Biden campaign manager. Okay, they said, the president's statement tonight about trying to shut down the counting of duly cast ballots was outrageous, unprecedented, and incorrect. That's not what Trump said. Trump did not say they should stop counting duly counted ballots or duly cast ballots. He says, we want all voting to stop we don't want them to find any ballots at four o'clock in the morning and add them to the list, okay? Now we want all vote counting to stop. In fact, Trump was protesting the fact that there were random stoppages of the vote counting last night, right? There was this, this weird two-hour gap where all of a sudden all the states kind of stopped at once, stopped reporting ongoing election counting results and started reporting them, reporting them in bulk. When Trump said, we want all voting to stop, we don't want them to find ballots at four o'clock in the morning and add them to the list, he's clearly saying, we don't actually want them to manufacture votes in the middle of the night and then use that to make up the margins. So that's not wrong. I mean, it isn't. So he said two things there. One of them is not great. Uh, one of them is fine. The media are treating both of them as the end of the world, obviously. Here's the bottom line. This election will end with some form of litigation in some of these states. There will be some recounts in some of the states. We're going to find out in uh, shorter order rather than longer order where things stand. But if you're a conservative, if you're a conservative, I know everybody's on tenterhooks about the presidential. I am too. I mean, everybody's got a churning in the gut. I do too. I get it. We're going to be here all day bringing you updates and all day tomorrow and as long as this thing goes. But if you're a conservative, you should be looking at the outcome of last night's election, given the priors, and think to yourself, that was a massive victory, a massive victory against the hard radical left. 
And that is a great thing that every should, everybody should be celebrating right now. You are allowed to take a, a sip of champagne for how the election went last night, even while we wait for the final outcome of the presidential. All righty, we'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content, including all of the updates. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Our associate producers are Nick Sheehan and Rebecca Doyle. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. We've got the latest on the election. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.